Hey, all right. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Spell Store Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And we do not have Chad with us, but we do have one of our awesome Patreon supporters and um, awesome member of the community, Perry. So, Perry, say hello. Hey, it's great to be here with you, friends, today. Glad to be on again. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to mention Perry has already been on before. And uh, and so some of our listeners, uh, you'll recognize his voice and you'll recognize his uh, insights as we as we carry on our discussion today. <laughs> so, so if we're calling them that, yeah. <laughs> we, I think we're calling them insights. So uh, today we're going to be talking about um, our hobby spaces. And uh, recently on our Discord server, a bunch of us uh, shared some photos of the spaces that we were working out of and, and our desks and things and just how we're organized, and um, which got a lot of us thinking about um, w- Really, maybe reimagining our own spaces and things like that. So uh, Perry has a pretty sweet space that he's created for himself, and he uses it to the fullest. And so yeah, it's very appropriate to have you on to, to talk about it. So, yeah. Hey, before we get to the main topic, um, we like to share highlights and exciting things about games that we're playing. And so I uh, wanted to ask you guys if you've played any games recently. Well, yeah, I got a couple in. Um, fortunately. Missed last episode, you know, work is work. But um, I was playing in that uh, tournament, the uh, uh, Tide of Skulls, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty well ran. And then uh, I got a game against Makeda 1. I ended up dropping uh, my Grim 1, three huge bases list. Um, spoiler, I pretty much dropped out the entire tournament just because I wanted to have some fun with it. Nice. Um, it's not as much fun on the computer as it is in person, but still, it was kind of neat to see what it can do. Uh, this game had a lot of good back and forth. Um, really kind of how we ended, though, I, I moved really aggressively up um, pretty early on to catch most of the enemy in my feet, um, as I usually do with Grim 1. Try to catch as much as you can. Um, and I thought I stunted him pretty good, but... He pulled out some great shenanigans where he gave some extra movement to his uh, uh, Basilisk Kraya, right? That's pretty much there for, like, you can't shoot me, you know, have a hard time shooting me. But he used a, a trick I think you've used before, Jeremiah, where you go up and then, or no, you blasted, I think, but, like, you paralyze the enemy, if you've ever done that one. Um, yeah. And he needed a 12 to do it, um, boosted yeah. it, and just smashed the roll, right? He got, like, a 14... Um, so Grim got paralyzed. Well, after that, Hydra walks up, um, sprays five times, boom, 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 right? It added corrosion, forced me to do my transfers, and then uh, forgot Makeda has uh, some nukes on her too. I've never really seen her uh, cast her kind of damage spell. So she tossed a couple of those out, um, forced the tough on me. I toughed. So luckily, but I'm toughed, corroded on the ground, right? <laughs> and, um, I hadn't, she had, or he had nothing else left. So kind of went over to my turn. The rolled for the games, right? I rolled a one. So corrosion goes out, stand back up, and basically just start kind of hitting back a little bit. Um, and he got so focused on assassination, kind of forgot to play the scenario. So he didn't contest anything. So I scored a couple on his turn. 
and it was a pretty live scenario and i was able to score like four on my turn killing the objective scoring three zones and you know ended it on scenario six to zero nice so, yeah it was it was pretty crazy um and just a couple lucky rolls that i mean it easily could have gone different that's but, awesome um i mean <laughs> Yeah, he knew he needed a 12, a boosted 12, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, hindsight, I could play it a little differently, maybe sacrifice some of my beasts or something to keep a little more safe, but oh well. Yeah. Um, then I got another game in against good old Texas. And Love it. Yeah, I kind of forgot Texas tricks, um, and, it, and it came back to show a little bit. So I dropped Grim 1 again, lost the roll, went second, which was kind of fine um and then basically he on top of two did a stretch play to take out one of my war wagons um he was running uh cures cutthroats so between tk spinning the war wagon around then they got backstab on the prey but he couldn't quite do it so he brought his he had two uh void archons one was already applying death shroud with a run and the or dark shroud and the other one had to come over to spray it so he ended up taking the war wagon but leaving himself pretty open that i came in took out um one of his monstrosities took out both death archons killed a few small guys like really hit kind of hard then positioned up into a cloud with grim again getting aggressive caught basically his whole army in the feet sheltered around my people so i was like oh hey go ahead and try to drag and tk this i had like four people in the way right mm -hmm. past the turn and he's like oh i you know i move up and i feet i was like <laughs> oh yeah your feet kind of gets to push everyone or all the non um uh -huh. uh, warcaster warrior or uh sorry warcaster um warlock models right so he pushed all those guys out of the way i was like oh whoops yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that was kind of a hard thing. And just before that, I should say he he was smart. He had Stygius, um, Spell Slave, a TK onto one of his beasts to draw it just out of the control zone because I had it like 1.5 inches. So if I would have been like a half inch further up, he wouldn't have been able to do it. Ran that beast in or monstrosity to arc mm. a TK. So Grim was in the cloud. Thexus is a focus eight, which is just. Yeah, I don't know why it doesn't get played more. It's just crazy. And so he needed a 10. Hmm. Rolls it boosted. It's a 9. I'm like, okay. So he goes for it again. This has got to get it, right? Misses it again. Oh. I'm like, okay. I'm feeling pretty good, right? He's He sits for a minute and decides, I'm going to toss it one more time. Try to hard roll the 10 with two dice. Gets <laughs> it. Oh, wow. Oh. So, I mean, it is what it is. Pulls. Uh, Grim out of the cloud, turns him around backwards. Then uh, I think it's the pistol wraith or whatever that he's able to run, shoots him twice to stationarium. Yeah. Uh, he had the jack, the mercenary jack under Aphyxius 4 that uh, can drag in when it hits a equal or smaller base size. He hits that, drags him over, lets Aphyxius walk right over and just kind of pound, 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 and done. So. I was like, oh, so close. Um, again, yeah, just, I, I should have asked about Texas's feet. Um, I thought I was good. <laughs> I really thought yeah. I was good. I was not good. So, Dude. again, it was a really fun game. Um, another great learning experience. I should have sacrificed something. I should have known all the TK shenanigans and just shoved a war wagon in the way and just, that yeah. would have 
stopped the whole thing right there. Probably would have lost the war wagon, but still would have been able to fight back. So, yeah. yeah, so I had two pretty great games that could have really gone either way. Um, yeah. Those are the most exciting ones for me. I, I really enjoy that, that it wasn't like just a slam dunk slaughter. So, Well, and I like the tension that's created when right. you need a certain role to make it happen. You know, in both those games, you had that instance where right. it had gone either way, right? Right. It was just right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. What about you, uh, Perry? Have you got a chance to play any games recently? Yeah, I got uh, two uh, Warhammer 40K games in at uh, 500 points with our friends uh, Scott and uh, Jeff. Uh, right. I had a great uh, game against Scott. He was running Necrons, and uh, I was playing my Blood Angels, and we're kind of just learning the new ninth edition rules, but um, we ended up tying the game on points. He, uh, his Necron Overlord had a had a relic that kind of let you teleport across the battle, and I had he was kicking my ass, and I managed to score uh, ahead on objectives, and then he whittled my squad down, and I had one sergeant left, and he uh, teleported onto me, and with his final roll, killed him, which tied the game. So <laughs> pretty pretty epic, and then. Uh, for, right. for uh, a smaller game like that. But, you know, a 500-point game is about the same amount of models as a, as a War Machine match, so it doesn't it doesn't feel small when you're in it, right? Yeah. And then uh, playing against uh, our friend Jeff, uh, he was playing uh, Adeptus Mechanicus, and I ended up barely winning that one. Um, there was a pretty epic moment where um, my main assault squad, he uh, cut nearly everything down except for my sergeant and I uh, shot at his um, his uh, his uh, heavy servitors the heavy weapons servitors okay. uh, with my plasma pistol and I I went to overcharge it and I had a I had a re-roll on it I was like what's the chance I roll a one and then roll another one and then I proceeded to do just that and then blew my sergeant <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jeff had brought one of his friends who uh he's getting back into 40k and he hasn't he hasn't played it you know in about 12 years kind of like how i was and uh his his friend was laughing hysterically for about a minute so yeah that was pretty epic um it was a really good time i uh i got a bunch of terrain painted up and so we have a, a full a full uh scenic battlefield down here in my uh my basement and it was really cool breaking it in and kind of going through the rules so nice um, yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that i've got only one game of ninth in and that was kind of randomly done like a year ago and oh, yeah. uh, and so i'm looking forward to what'd you think you know uh well first impression i, I liked it i got i kind of got tabled a little bit but um, yeah yeah um, it's easy things die fast yeah but yeah but it's okay like um, what I really want is is someone to spend time with and just and where we're both like flipping through the rules and you know kind of helping each other out like dojoing together you know yeah I'll have to I, I'll see if I can if you want to come by um, when 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 people are over um, you know we get a I have enough room here for a couple of uh, tables here if you want to get a learning game in because we were all kind of learning at the same time looking up everything yeah. and um, we started playing pretty fast and started kind of sticking pretty well um yeah it was more um you know what strategems to use when and uh things like that but um man it was yeah. a great time it felt really yeah. good you know you just said something um that sparked a memory i actually did get a second game in recently that oh, yeah. game 
him against Mike. So, oh, right on. Yeah. So I guess I have two ninth and and Mike's kind of in the same boat as me, um, learning and stuff. So yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah. Both those games, both uh, both you guys, your games sound amazing. Um, um, and fun to play. I uh since the last time we recorded, I have not played any miniatures game. Uh just been doing uh, flesh and blood with Oz and Laura and then and then over the weekend the boys and I got some commander in. And uh, we've actually been playing a lot more basketball <laughs> of all things. Yeah, weather's so, good, man. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hey, I just watched Space Jam, the new one. <laughs> there you got some basketball. Is, see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we've been following the finals and yeah, and, uh, and you know, and so we're we're going out and shooting and playing. We played some mad ball on Saturday. It was really good. So, nice. of course, I'm really sore today. So, it's just you know, twice their age. So, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, let's um, let's get to our topic. The, the 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 thing that we wanted to talk about today um, is um, our hobby spaces and and just the different things that we do with them. And, and I know Perry, you have a lot of great ideas about that. And, um, and you recently moved. And so you've been able to start, you know, basically build your space the way that you wanted it. And, and so why don't we just start with you and why don't you guide us into the, into the topic and then we'll, we'll all yeah. just rip off of each other. Man, it's a, it's a great, it's a great topic. And I think it's one that um, it needs to be revisited fairly frequently for for hobbyists i think people should always be um you know look looking at their their atmosphere and their space um if you go look at youtube videos you know there are there are a few but everything is sort of on like how to how to paint x how to build y and it's like well what about those first steps to sort of get you know in the in the space and everyone kind of i've been asked many times over my my hobbying you know career like what what does your space look like and there not is not always a consensus right about how to set things up and so uh, i think it's a thing people don't talk about enough and and they should they should swap ideas and certainly you know way back in the you know 80s and 90s like i don't think anyone would would have known the right way to <laughs> set up your hobby space, right? You weren't able to go online and look up ideas. And um, so it, it's a thing that I think if done correctly, removes a lot of barriers. And I think that's a big deal is, am I having fun building and painting and prepping models or terrain for the games that you love? And if maybe you're not, it, maybe it's, the place where you're doing it and maybe you need to think about that because it's not just sitting and, and building and painting it's how are you organizing are, when you're in the moment and you have inspiration are you able to look at all your paints and find the color you want or do you get frustrated and then it, and then it's gone lightning is gone from the bottle and you just want to go play video games because you just don't want to deal with it and and i think we all have our own habits and we all have our own disciplines and obviously no one is hundred percent organized. So as you collect paint, as you collect miniatures and hobbies, there's a lot of stuff, even like a modest paint collection, you're going to have 50, 75, hundred paints 
how are you gonna how are you gonna store those if you open a box of models that has like a hundred items on the sprue how are you going to organize all of that where are you going to put all these things when you're not using them so that it 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 makes sense and i and i think the better you do with that it will not be stressful when it is time to build things and if you if you don't have a solution you build a bad habit of just sort of slamming everything together and and then it gets out of control <laughs> so um i think it's a, a very good discipline to always be reassessing am i creating a good environment is it ergonomic is there good lighting do i want to sit here for hours on end focused a lot of people have trouble focusing and you kind of have to right when you're when you're building and painting things so what what is it going to take for you as an individual to sort of get to that place and um be okay with changing it be okay with you know upgrading it and i did i did move last year and i have my own my own room in our house now and my my wife my wife is a jeweler and she has so much um expensive high-end jewelry equipment that is all very organized and she encouraged me to do the same with my hobby things and if she wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have even thought about it and and i had just things in tubs and other places and i felt pretty organized but really there was a lot more that i could have done right. so when she started talking to me about ways to sort of organize things i realized you know there's a there's a different way when you sit down and you're you're building and gluing things you you need a different set of tools for all that and then when you're like priming models and preparing them, that's like a different set of tools. And then when you're, you know, painting versus just airbrushing versus using a paintbrush, that's yeah. also different. Like if you, I have a full airbrush setup and it's taken me a while to kind of piece it all together, but um, I have like a, you know, a hood vent and everything and, and that takes up space and you kind of need space for all your, all your things. And I know many of my friends that are getting into airbrushing, they, that's like a massive barrier. They, they're like, well, where do I put all this? How do I have all these things available so that even just switching colors on my airbrush is not a 15 minute exercise in futility. Yeah. And, and then, you know, when you're done, how do you display your miniatures? Where do you, and, and that's a thing I think never really gets discussed either. What do you do with your stuff when it's when it's finished <laughs> do you you just shove it in a box after all that work or you know does it go on a display case does it does it go in your gaming bag but a lot of times yeah you know, we out we outgrow our gaming bag really fast and i think that's part of the equation of like you know don't put 20 hours of work into a model that you love and then store it poorly so that it gets broken or lost so those are all like really hard concepts and 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 you got to kind of boil them down but there's this place online that i found called hobby zone and they're based out of poland and they do uh, magnetic modular um hobby storage units and you can kind of go on their website and they have a they have a tool where you can kind of design a hobby station for yourself and it's not exactly cheap but i i saved up and i splurged uh, because I'm planning on just, you know having this forever, so I wanted to get uh, what I wanted, and it, and it was totally worth it. I I got an amazing setup where on one end of my desk I have like a build station, and then another area I have a paint station, and I 
I have drawers for things to store all my little little pieces in so they don't get lost or damaged. But there's a lot of ways, you know, you can go to the home goods store or Joanne's Fabrics or Michael's and and they sell very nice hobby carts and hobby storage solutions and yeah. you know, they run coupons pretty regularly and I and I think even a, a small investment you know, would pay off and you could get your, your things sorted according to the space that you have available, right. To yeah. kind of get all your paints and things organized. But, um, so I, I, it's, it's awesome. And there's so many opportunities, but just, you know, however you, you got to envision it, like what is a better way of doing this? And I think everybody that we all know in our circle of friends would have an answer to saying, well, I could probably, organize this a little bit <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's kind of my my intro to my thoughts on that um yeah. and there's a yeah. lot of sub areas in there certainly but you well know, right. you gotta you gotta start with assessing i guess your your available space yeah well and, and i think that's i wanted to say that's that's excellent uh intro um and and you're right we're going to start breaking this, this down in a little bit in a second but um, but the big idea here um, that you said that I didn't, I don't want to get lost in the details is, is the point of having a good hobby space is to remove barriers. Um, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm a part of, you know, a dozen or so different discord servers and, you know, every so often you see someone, you know, make a comment about how they feel that they, they can't do the hobby part of it you know, for whatever reason. And, and there's all these barriers that are in place for them that they have, they've put up for themselves and, um, and having a, a good hobby space, um, that works for you is, is a great way to, to do, to remove those barriers to allow you to do that. So. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It's a, it's a, you know, what we call in the military, a force multiplier. If you, if you want to sit down and build because everything is available, you will find yourself building your models more often. Yeah, that's true. And you'd paint more if you had access to everything. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, one of the things that's interesting to me is is you sort of broke it down um, based on task. I don't know if you do this consciously or um, or. I did, and I'm sure there's yeah. probably other ways, but conceptually, to me, that is how I think about it almost like a cycle like you're gonna you're gonna buy a raw product you're gonna you're gonna clean and build it you're gonna prime it you're gonna you know airbrush or paint it get it all done you're gonna base it basing is like <laughs> it takes an inordinate amount of stuff you know you, everyone's like well i got six jars of different sized rocks and sand you know it's like where do you put all this and it kind of it kind of gets out of control a little bit, or you you know everyone has their collection of old base parts and things that build up, and then you know you're and then it's and then it's done, and it's like you want to play with it or show it off or display it, and then you got to kind of you know put that somewhere too. So that's yeah. kind of how I I thought of it, and I I kind of took you know I mapped out like well what do I need to be successful for sort of each of these little conceptual areas so that. I'm not overwhelmed or stressed out. And I yeah. kind of mind map that out to, to find out. And then I use that to kind of build my, my desk and my office. You want to walk us through that maybe? 
and yeah, uh, give some so, practical steps. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I try not to buy more stuff that I'm <laughs> that I have time to to build. It's it's challenging. We all get excited when new product comes out, right? Um, and I I know for a lot of people that's like the first the first step of getting overwhelmed is they buy a bunch of things that sit stacked and then they're and then they kind of freak out about you know it's like a whole army <laughs> that they they don't want to build but i try to i try to have like a build queue right that i get excited about so i kind of like store everything in a in, a, in some drawers that i and then i i kind of force myself to go to go through it um which is difficult because some things i get more excited about than others um so having a place to store all that um and then for you know build a build area you know you're gonna need a good selection of you know your your snippers and knives and and glue and um it's a mess that 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 one can be a mess when you're building things and you need a place for things to dry where you can like you know leave them out so you yeah. just kind of gotta make a, a rundown of all that and and a lot of that stuff is kind of the most dangerous stuff i have little kids i can't leave knives and glue and stuff out so that one to me is like you know you gotta be able to anything in the build the tools in your build phase have to be like put away mm -hmm. and i thought i thought about that when kind of designing my my hobby area um and certainly if you have pets and things you wouldn't want a pet getting a hold of a bottle of super glue so um and then you know painting and airbrushing that's like probably takes up the most space it's very easy to have hundreds of bottles of paint if you start getting pretty serious about miniature painting and um, they take up a lot of volume or you'll, you know, you'll have multiples of, of colors that you, you lose, a, you use a lot and you gotta, you know, you kind of maybe want those out where you can see them kind of grouped by color or, or whatever palette, you know, you're using. And, um, and Jeremiah, I saw you posted an awesome, uh, photo of your hobby area where you had organized all of your paint and i thought that was such a great example of how to kind of get your paint sorted so when you you know go to reach for something it's there and you're not digging through a bucket so i i sort of feel like one of the main tenets of the paint area your paint hobby area is colors need to be visible to you so you know what you need to grab if you need to stop and go dig through something for five minutes you're you're kind of out of the zone because i like getting all of my stuff prepped and i like sitting down and i like getting in a, an embrace position with the lighting just right yeah. and 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 then you're you're there and then you're moving fast and you got all your brushes laid out and you got everything ready to go um and breaking out of that is where you lose that momentum at least for me yeah um but i think you know build you got to build those good habits right so like get it all get it all ready to go yeah. And then sometimes, you know, you hit that, well, I need a, I need an orange. Well, that kind of looks different next to other colors. What do I got? Well, if you have your kind of paint in a display, you can see what, what you have and kind of compare it. Um, so I don't, I don't like having my paint stored away in, in boxes, I guess is my. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good, that's a good takeaway. And, and I want to highlight them as, as we continue to talk. Um, and that is colors need to be visible and yeah. and there's a lot of ways to do that you can you can spend the money and buy one of those awesome racks you can also get you know 
cheaper shelving units at you know your local home goods or or even like i know some people use um makeup racks or yeah yeah i do too <laughs> yeah and, and uh, nail nail polish is, yeah, a, is, is yeah. roughly the same size as a lot of paint bottles yeah and if you go on even just amazon and look at nail polish racks they are like so much less expensive than miniature niche miniature hobby racks and it's yeah. like the same stuff yeah dan what do you use do you do you have your colors on display as well so that's what I was going to say. In in my space, I don't really have a dedicated space to have all the colors out, right? I have uh, I have like my um, cheaper, larger craft paints um, displayed in, in kind of one area where they're grouped. They're not tiered up. And then I have like my P3 paints in a bag of like the Battle Foam P3 Army Painter type bag. Or not Army Painter, but... Uh, oh, yeah, because they made a case for that. Yeah. Exactly. And then I have, like, my P3 paints and some of the other ones uh, are not P3. Well, getting all mixed up already. Uh, Army Painters in, like a uh, like you said, Joanne's, one of the clear craft toolboxes. Yeah. Um, which I find a pain, like you said, digging through that. The Battle Foam one, at least I can flip up and I can see them and they're on the foam trays and I can move them around. When I have them all jumbled up in a bin it's like they're all white topped right what what yeah. color do i need and yeah. so what i usually try to do beforehand is figure out roughly all the colors i'm going to want to use for that session and go through and dig them out right that's just kind of right. my part of my pre-planning step is i i'm more of the i i want my color scheme i want to know what i'm using and i'm going to go grab those colors and i'm going to set them out and then use them from there so at least i have like 10 to 15 displayed out at a time so the ones that I want to use are right there. But right right. if all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I want a little bit darker. I got to stop, go over, figure that out, and then move on. So and that's, yeah, and that's like, and that's where like this whole, the value statement of colors needing to be visible um, helps remove that barrier, right? Because that is a barrier because you get your juices flowing, you're all creative, and you're like, ooh, I really want this color for this piece. And then... 20 minutes later, you're getting yeah. a sandwich. Metal, you know? Metals are one of the big ones for me because there's so many different colors of metal paint. And in yeah. my head, they're a certain way. And then sometimes when I see them, I'm like, man, that's way more yellow than I would have thought, right? And so it's just kind of like nice to see some of those in context next to each other if, if you're a really visual person. Yeah. And one of the other reasons I like to have uh, them out too um, I record what I paint in a book yep. and it is one of the best habits I have ever developed because I have gone back so many times and said, how did I, how did I do this? I do not remember. And then I go look it up yeah. having a little bit of space on a table to do that is like a big deal to just have a little book that you can just buy to record. And, and, and for people that struggle to do that, you could at least just take a photo with your smartphone of your different steps and then maybe label them later so that you could at least go back and look at what colors you had out when you were doing something. Yeah. But it is such a valuable step, especially if you're, well, you know, four models back, I really used this red that I really liked how I did that, but I don't remember. And then you can go look up the recipe or look at what combinations yeah. you did. And, um, I've never regretted taking the extra few minutes to write my recipes down. Yep. Yeah. You know, I want to comment on something that you just 
uh, alluded to and about having space at your desk uh, for writing, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think some of us, like myself, we we have some limited space, right. and so my desk, um, my hobby desk, uh, would be great if I didn't also have to have a computer on it, right? And then and then if I, you know, and then now I've added a you know a three D printer to my space right. that I'm working with, and so I actually have very little square footage. For I found a solution to that. Ooh, um, I want to hear. I want to hear. Yeah, uh, I there are a series of desk attachments that you can purchase f for office desks, and um, they're not very much money. I, I got all of mine on Amazon, but I got a pull-out keyboard tray with a drawer, and I want to mm -hmm. say it was about twenty dollars, and it just clamps on to part of your desk and then tucks under. So it, it takes almost no volume or real estate away from you. And I, I pull that out and put my book on it to write on it. And then the drawer, I I put useful tools and other things that I don't want cluttering up on the tabletop while I'm working. And then it just, it just slides back in. And there are other things you can get too. There's like a swivel out trays. And um, I could send you a link to these after our, our, our podcast is done here, but they're pretty inexpensive ways to just add a little bit more storage to yeah. if you have a smaller desk and uh, it's, it's great, especially if you're working and you just kind of want to set something somewhere. It's a really, really great way to, to do yeah. that. So if you, if you kind of Google like office desk storage attachments, you'll, you'll kind of see what I'm talking about and um, yeah. very, very useful and not very expensive either to implement. Yeah, that's nice. The desk I have does have a pullout for the keyboard. Oh, uh, right on. But it is a smaller desk in general. I and found so one that was like uh, it. It attaches on the side of a desk, and it ha and I think it it has like a water bottle holder and a tray, and I, it's for like pencils and snacks and things. Oh, that's but really cool. it's great. It's great for like a like a a water bottle if you're doing like airbrush stuff and just holding little tools that you want out of the way. Yeah. And, and I think it was like nine 99 and it's just like an awesome little storage thing I can clamp onto the side of my desk. That's like fantastic. Nice. That's a fresh idea. Yeah. It's a little easier. What I've done is installed shelves above the area that I have for storing. You know, like you said, some of the other excess paints, like, paints for priming and you know some of my prime models and just extra little stuff that i also keep up out of the way like uh um different things for making molds and stuff like that, that you don't want the kids getting into like you said right Put on about five six feet up a little bit better so we've talked about um our main area um we've talked about our how the needs of our build area is different than the needs of our painting area um, and how that's different if we're using airbrush. Uh, we've talked about storage. Um, why don't we talk about lighting? Yeah, lighting is a big deal. And I think it's one a lot of people don't, for whatever weird reason, want to admit that they need to improve. <laughs> they just kind of go, they just kind of go with what, whatever is available in their house or, you know, wherever. And uh, it, 
uh, buying a couple of hobby specific lamps. Ott makes uh, ones that are sold at Michael's and Joann's. And I very highly recommend those lights. Um, they, a lot of them come with like four settings. So you can kind of go up in brightness and they're all, you know, LED and they just, they have a very consistent, pure, clean light on an articulated rubber uh, neck, which mm -hmm. is a very big deal because you can kind of direct where you want your light coming from. And it will, it will improve your painting. You're going to see clearer. And more importantly, you're not going to be stressing yourself so much. People don't realize that if you sit in dim light for three hours trying to even, not just painting, but just like gluing little tiny models together, you're going to get like, you're going to get like exhausted and, and, and you're going to associate that with like not wanting to sit and do that task. And, um, my wife always jokes with me cause she, you know, she makes the tiniest, most intricate jewelry and she has all these super high powered lamps. She's like, how, how would hobbyists not get a lamp to do this? Why would you want to subject yourself to trying to build these models without proper lighting? And I'm like, I think it's the thing, you know, people just don't think about, right. They don't, you know, they don't know what to buy or where to go. And so, you know, getting a couple of those little lamps, um, and they're not, they're not very much money and you can use them like a Michael's arts and crafts coupon to, to get a good one. Uh, and just, you know, they're lightweight, so you can put them on your desk and, and move them around if you need to. And it, it, it makes a huge difference. That's one of the main things I would buy to upgrade your, you know, your hobby desk space yeah. is a, it's like one of the first things I would tell someone is like, get a, get a good lamp so that you're always looking at consistently looking at good clear light i'd say that's almost a little bit more important than upgrading your brushes like if you have a beginner set of brushes that's fine you can do a lot but get your lighting before you i 100 percent agree with you i would get a light first a lot of really expensive brushes i you know they're not for everybody not everybody's painting golden demons and stuff like that right but a good hobby light will go a long ways towards providing a non-stressful environment for people to build things in Nice. Yeah, I think the light came late for me. Yeah. I, I started spending money in other areas first, and then, then I realized how important the light is. It's kind of weird. I, I've watched so many hobby videos on YouTube, just always trying to find out, you know, is there is there a way to improve something? Or And, and you don't see a lot about the lighting, and, and it's interesting. I'm not sure why that's... Uh, an area that isn't discussed, but people are always sponsoring paints and brushes and, other, and it's like, let's, let's talk about lights. Like what are, what are these yeah. pro painters using? How come they're not ever shown? You know, that any, a lot of, a lot of studio painters, you know, they just have whatever bright studio lights are going on when they're filming and they don't really even bring it up. But hmm. um, I had to dig around and ask some people when I was upgrading mine and I ended up getting a, a couple of ot lights i got a, a little desk ones and then i got a very big a big one that's a standing floor light that has an articulated head on it that nice. i can point around and man that thing has just been fantastic uh for for setting up and just uh putting above my airbrush station and just putting a lot of light down when i'm when i'm painting and i can just see everything really clearly you can see if you 
got up inside something right. You're not sitting there guessing. I think I got good coverage. You know, <laughs> you can kind of, you can really see it. And uh, I think I paid maybe sixty dollars for that, and it's totally like paid for itself already. So I would encourage all of your listeners to immediately, you know, assess their lighting situation and think about upgrading it. Yeah. Nice. Well, what, um, what else you want to add to that? Um, anything else, Dan? Uh, lighting's good, but like we talked about, um, other storage of, uh, basic materials, for example. Right. And like you said, you could, there, there's cheaper ways. Like I have some like dollar plastic bins, the shoebox bins, right. I've used quite a bit and just, you shove stuff in there. Like yeah. you said, even that can get a little tedious. Whereas I have like three bins and, Oh wait, what did I put in that one? And so I'm opening like one, then I open the second one. They're all stacked. So do you, do you guys label your, your bins? Yeah. Here's I, my, my trick. I, I use blue painters tape because it goes on and off easy. And then I just write on it in a Sharpie and I yeah. label everything with it. And it, when things change or get combined or emptied, I just tear that off and relabel it. And I, I got into that habit and it's been really great for just glancing through things. Yeah. Right. I know my different terrain boxes in my garage. I use the, you know, the office um, or the file boxes. You can just get really cheap at the, you know, the office store. Um, and, and I label them and it's nice cause I yeah. can just pull, pull it out and you know, so yeah. that's funny as I label other things and I have like other things organized, but then that <laughs> just all shoved in bins. Yeah. Well, I think the labeling idea goes back to, you know, one of the points you made earlier about colors needing to be visible, you know, um, if something is, is labeled, then you can quickly identify its location yeah. uh, versus uh, versus not. And, 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 and one, and we've already already stated this a couple of times, but one of the barriers to, you know, having a good healthy hobby space is, is when you don't know where crap is. <laughs> yeah. The basic, basic materials, man, will, will multiplying and grow out of control, like some sort of yeah. infestation. <laughs> I have, I have quite a few friends that are like, they have almost more basic stuff than paint because they just, it's, it's fun to browse online and be like, Oh, that paint roller looks cool. That leaf litter looks cool. That rock. And then before you know it, like you got like all of this stuff that's kind of like messy when you use it and you need a place to store it. And, um, I have like, gosh, I probably have like 20 different kinds of rocks. It's like every time you pull them out to use them, you know, you're like, well, don't get all this all over the floor or whatever. Right. And you know, I, I use a, a clear large kind of bin when I'm, when I'm basing so I don't get stuff everywhere, but yeah, the labeling all of that is, I think pretty critical <laughs> or yeah. you'll, you'll just get overwhelmed and be like, I don't remember what's in here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to arc back just real quick on the paint, thinking of labeling and paint. I don't know if you guys do this, but the P3 ones and some of the Citadels make it kind of easy is I'll take some out and I'll paint the top. I'll put some on the top of the lid. Yeah. So it's a little bit, because sometimes when it's in the bottle, it may not exactly be as match, but at least if I put it on top, I got a little bit closer. 
Yeah, I do that too. It's really good. Um, I I wish companies had a way of labeling the top of their bottles or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. This has been a good discussion. Um, you know, before we leave it, is there anything else you want to add or? I would just encourage everyone, you know, build a habit of every few months, look at where you're doing your hobbying and, and think about it from a, not only an organizational standpoint, but, a is it ergonomic to you? Do you get frustrated? How's the lighting? How's the organization? Are things within reach? Do you have to get up and go somewhere and dig through? And I, and, and just make that habit. And, and, and if you keep doing that habit every few months, you will find market improvement of where you sit down and it's going to be a, a happier, more productive place to, to sit yeah. and do the things that you love. Right. And, and don't be afraid to ask your friends and don't be afraid to go look for ideas, but it, it, it's sometimes hard, I think, to admit to ourselves the way that we're doing something is frustrating or not working. And many of us, you know, we'll just get stubborn and keep doing it. It's like, well, you kind of got to stop and assess and be like, hey, maybe there's a better way to store all this stuff so it's not in my way. Or maybe there's a better yeah. way to lay out my work area so that I, I can get more done. And it just becomes kind of a Zen thing where you're iterating on it over and over, trying to make it better, right? Yeah. Definitely agree. And not everyone has the hobby space, we can admit. You know, sometimes you don't. You got to go a little portable. And right. that's doable too, right? Like I said, there's some yeah. of these smaller desk lamps. You can get smaller ones, just something that's, again, that good lighting. You know, maybe a mat or a small toolbox, organization, all sorts of ways, right? So it is it is possible even if you can't dedicate a full, full-on space. You just kind of be a little more, more creative. So... Um, this is all great. It's a great conversation too. Cause I just talked to a guy who just started getting into uh 40 K and kind of painting. So, you know, hopefully they'll listen and get some. Yeah, ideas. man, that's what, that's what it happens, right? Cause people develop habits and I always worry, you know, like a new hobbyist will develop bad habits and then not want to stay in. Yeah. And maybe that's an unfounded fear, but I, I certainly, I've had, uh, some of my lifelong friends that tried to get into miniature painting and then they got frustrated and a lot of it had to do with kind of the way that they were going about it and the way that they had set it up. And I had no idea until I stopped by their house. I was like, Oh no, man, you got to like sort all this here and you know, you don't have a lamp and <laughs> all that kind of, you're cutting, you're cutting with the, your uh, exacto knife on your table without a mat and, and you're cutting mat. They're cheap enough. <laughs> yeah. So. And yeah. coffee cups. Don't, if you drink coffee, make sure you have a very different cup that you're dipping your uh, paint water into. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you will drink from your paint water at some point. We've all it's done an it. initiation thing. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Very good. Well, um, I hope that, yeah, I hope that this uh, conversation inspires folks to take a look at their spaces. And, um, and if you're part of our Discord server, uh, quite a few of us actually recently posted pics of where we work. And so maybe there's, uh, maybe there's something in there that will encourage you to, to change up uh, your space. But um, why don't we kind of transition to some of our other topics? 
um, most recent uh, purchases? What did you, uh, what have you picked up recently, or any Kickstarters you backed, or that sort of thing? Um, and more importantly, what do you plan to use them for? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I guess I'm jumping on the uh, flesh and blood train a little bit. Uh, hey Got a good deal on some Blitz decks. So those should be arriving, I think, today as we speak. So that's uh, that's something that can happen. Um, although I still have those commander decks we haven't played. So uh, then I also picked up um, Marvel Crisis Protocol Kingpin. Uh, I haven't bought any of those guys in a little while, so starting to fill that back out. Um, and then some more, more magnets. Um, I need magnets, magnets, more magnets. And... Uh, Kickstarters uh, backed um, the uh, Thousand Worlds Warcaster Kickstarter by PP. Um, that's backed and been pretty good otherwise. <laughs> kind of forgot about the Kickstarters, but that's all right. Nice, nice. Right on. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't backed any Kickstarters recently, um, which is uh, probably good for me to, to take a pause on that. But... Yeah. Um, I did recently pick up uh, the Team Yankee rulebook. So one of my longtime friends, like from like years ago, um, moved out to close to me, and um, and he plays uh, two games. One is you know Team Yankee, and the other is 40k. And so we're gonna. Um, I already have a Flames of War army. Um, that, that I've been working on, and so uh, Team Yankee is basically like, uh, you know, alternate history. What if the Cold War, you know, snapped in the '80s and everyone started fighting, and World War III happened? And so um, that's that's a premise for Team Yankee. Anyway, found got the rule book from Mind Taker Miniatures, and another thing I got from Mind Taker Miniatures is a, a unit of Death Company. For my Blood Angel army, yes, yeah, and then I did this weird thing. I got an email from PayPal giving me cash back if I bought something on Groupon or if I used Groupon, and I never used Groupon before, and so I went on Groupon and I just on a whim just typed in Warhammer, huh. and I found all this like Warhammer stuff on Groupon. And so, and it was like marked down. So I found um, uh, a box of Kill Team Terrain. Uh, oh, fantastic, yeah. That's like not even available on the GW website anymore. And it's it was marked down on the Groupon site. And then I'm getting cash back because I used my PayPal to pay for it. Nice. So let's, I hope it arrives safely and, and all good. Because like I said, this is a new thing for me. I've never done that before. So, uh, but who, 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 you know, who can use more terrain? Uh, All right. so, <laughs> that kill team terrain is awesome too. Yeah. Cool. So how about you, Perry? Confession time. What have you, uh, I just finished, uh, I, I have been painting a blood angels army since last fall and uh, I've gotten a lot done, but I, I have much more to go. And, uh, I took a break from that. My, my friend, Paul, uh, I've known, most of my life over 30 some odd years since we were younger. Um, he used to play 40 K with me over 12 years ago and he 
kind of got burned out and quit on the old, you know, fifth edition rules. And he started to get back in and he plays orcs. So as a, as a gift to him for his birthday and, and getting him back in, I, I bought him a surprise uh, orc death trike, which is, uh, if you haven't seen the model, it's awesome. It's a, uh, it's a Mad Max style motorcycle with a, a couple of orcs and a grot on it. And uh, I painted that up for him as his main headquarters piece. And he was just blown away by it. I posted some photos on our, our discord of it. And he kind of, I had kind of figured out from him uh, by uh, sneakily eliciting questions, what his color scheme was going to be. So I, I matched that. And uh, so, yeah, he was, he was totally, uh, surprised and in love with the model and um, i'm sure it's going to kick my ass too <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a fun palette cleanser from painting a bunch of red going over yeah. to some orc colors and then uh i'm right now painting a, a land raider and some some bale predator tanks that i'm almost done with um right. and i also bought death company and i am gluing them together um because I want to field a small portion of my army as as Death Company Marines. I love the idea that they're just sort of insane running across the battlefield, and if you don't shoot them all down, they're going to slam into you and do a ton of damage. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely looking forward to that. Um, so that's what's on my uh, that's what's right. in my queue right now, and it'll, it'll be fun painting all black and uh, trying to get the colors to pop on that i think that's a fun paint challenge yeah nice what's on your hobby desk dan oh um i've got uh again magnets uh, which is why i'm buying more i've been really magnetizing a lot of bases because i joined the magna racket club um and so just going through doing some drilling and magnetizing those bases i do a few at a time because super glue i got didn't realize it doesn't set for like an hour it's not like the 30 second that we usually like to use hobby wise right so i kind of got to set them up and take a couple minutes do a few of them and then i've also been putting together a little bit of my uh, rampart uh, cathedral terrain um and those oh, yeah. magnets or or pins and so i want to magnetize it obviously so i'm starting to go through and do that to build out some more terrain but that's uh that's the main thing i've got going nice yeah i uh have been cleaning up my hobby space uh kind of uh in maybe in preparation for our conversation today i don't know but um <laughs> so, so i haven't really done a lot of hobbying per se um but i am working on a secret project and so i'm not gonna i'm not ready to announce what it is that i'm working on um but it's going to be for something pretty exciting i think for us so um, and uh yeah it's a small project too it's it's not so it's a nice healthy diversion from all of my other projects that i've started and not finished <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah anyway this is a great episode i i really enjoyed our conversation guys um i uh I want to do a plug for our Discord server. That's where a lot of the action happens. Uh, you can find that link at spostormminiatures.com. Uh, we have uh, we host a paint party every Thursday night at eight, and we uh, we just all get on and and hobby and talk while we do that. Uh, another thing that we do is we do a monthly book club, 
And so we try to alternate between uh, fiction and a rule set of some sort. Um, a few of us fell down on the job last month. So this month is uh, the same thing. And it is the, um, uh, it is the Conan RPG game. And, uh, and so from Ophidius, and we we're going to meet uh, actually this Sunday at nine or at one uh, in the afternoon. So yeah, I guess find all the links and everything you need at spellstormandinsures.com. But thanks for joining us.